Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a monthly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about fights and tights. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, it's good to be back, buddy. It's been a minute. How are you? Yeah, scheduling is a little tricky. I'm mostly good. I am vaccinated. So I am, am, and I believe uh, you are too. Why, yes, I happen to be coming off the back end of a not very good time myself. <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, I'm on the mend. I'm on the the better part of the the fun ride that is the second shot. Of, yeah, uh, I got it's Pokemon Pearl. Which one did you get? Uh, I got. I... Wait, which one's Pearl? <laughs> there's Pearl. There's Diamond. There's Ruby and Sapphire. I, but... <laughs> I think I think if we're going with the analogy, I got diamond okay yeah so pearl, pearl and Di- yeah i got pearl. Yeah. i got one of the two shots yeah and yep. uh that was that was the second shot a couple of days ago i had i had some fun some 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 chills and some fevers and stuff but i'm I'm actually like as of a few hours ago feeling pretty great <laughs> yeah i'm glad yeah, yeah it is it is uh it's certainly an experience and i was i was like i, I keep i love asking people how they're doing because yeah, for me, it. Was, <laughs> I mean, tr- truly, for me, it was like, you know, a few hours of suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few hours, more than a few hours. Uh, it was uh, at that twenty-four hour mark after the second one, just like the worst of it, and then mm-hmm. within twenty-four hours, it was gone, like that, right? Just gone. So, yeah. <laughs> not scary because that's sort of what I had come to expect from it but Mm -hmm. also like a little scary (laughs) because you really don't know what you're getting into yeah right like it's like it's like a tunnel you have to pass through and you know and it hits so many people so differently you're like am i gonna be just like the regular not bad or am i gonna be one of the people that it's like oh it's the worst but no i i got it my my experience is very similar you know i got it and it was you know i got it in the evening and then the next day I was like, I just feel kind of not great. And yeah. then around the 18 or 24 hour mark, it was like I was getting the flu. Oof. But then the next day, which would have been, I guess today, like it felt like I was getting over the flu. It's like I, I had the, the, the beginning and the end, but I never actually had the flu. I just kind of had all the stuff around it. Like I saw right. the trailer for the movie and I watched the after credit scene, but I never watched the movie. And then... <laughs> Uh-huh. Now I just am suddenly better, and I'm like, yeah, no, I feel great, like terrific. No, it no is, problem. It is wild how that how that plays out. <laughs> my, my wife literally said, "I could tell you were feeling better because you weren't sitting there with your mouth open so much." I guess I was just kind of like, <laughs> like I don't feel good, and like Amazing. I spent a lot like this morning. I don't know. I spent a lot of this morning just having the meat sweats. I was just like, why oh, am I so sweaty? Why? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't great, man. It wasn't great. But yeah, besides besides the horror that is our our waking reality, how you been? What you been up to that's been exciting and fun? 
Well, a game I've been waiting, I feel like, for the entirety of the Switch's existence mm. <laughs> to exist, <laughs> finally came out. And what is is that? Is this this is the mon- this is the Monster Hunter? This is Monster Hunter Rise. I have been waiting for a Monster Hunter, you know, in in HD, <laughs> at least graduating from the 3DS uh, mm-hmm. for a minute, and yeah. so. Uh, we were sort of denied the port of Generations for a bit, or Double Cross in Japan, I think. And then when World came out, it was on PC, which was cool, but also, like, that's... I need it, I need it on handheld. I'm such a, like, a baby about it. I need it. <laughs> I need it to be that's on handheld. Okay. I just won't play as much. That's just the kind... The way I was enjoying it. And so... No, I hear you. It's like, with the Switch. The Switch is like... It's really... Spo- At first, I was like... Okay, yeah, you can play in bed, big whoop. But being uh-huh. able to play in bed is a big whoop. So, yes. I, like, I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's... I'm very happy about that. I'm very sad. I'm very uh, happy with the game. I only want to do that and nothing else. This is <laughs> getting in the way of things that I intended to do or should have been done with by now. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm enjoying this time. It's great. Good. And I'm excited when we'll get a chance to play it, whatever that will be. Yeah, for sure. I have it installed, but I haven't haven't had a chance to to get in there yet and monster the hunters. But um, my experience with the series is so weird and limited because, like, you and I played a little bit of World. Yes. But again, it was on PC, so it was hard for us both to have that time to dedicate to sit down and both play it for stretches. And I liked it, but it was hard, and it was hard to do it by myself. But I've mostly played, the only one I've played was Monster Hunter Stories. Um, oh, the, okay. I, the iOS the iOS port of the DS game, Monster right. Hunter Stories, which was like a, you know, it's slightly different because you have more of a companion monster, mm-hmm. a monsty in the game's terms, which is oh. just an offensive term, I think. Um, Wait, really? <laughs> no one should call, yeah, they call it a monsty. And oh. I just don't, I don't, I don't jive with that term. Something you, you about don't that like... term... You don't like whoopifying monsters? <laughs> I don't mind it being like a baby, but Monsty is... It's I don't crossing think, it's a line not, for you? It's not baby enough, I think. It needs to be a oh. babier term. Interesting. Like, Monster? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, only like, it's only like 10% baby, oh. you know? Okay. And it's, like, it's, it's not baby enough or hardcore enough. It's just Monsty. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Uh, but I really enjoyed stories quite a bit. Um, okay. It had the kind of like weapon wheel, I guess, of the, the three different kinds of attacks. And it was you know, it was interesting. And I liked seeing the kind of little cutesy versions of some of the classic Monster Hunter designs and stuff. And I guess that's really the big crossover, right? Like those monster designs are just really good. Oh, yeah. Really, really good. I mean, yeah. Uh, especially thinking, thinking about it now. This, this is a kaiju battle. <laughs> you were, you were <laughs> up against a kaiju. Not right, necessarily exactly. Daikaiju, but there are some of those too, so they might as it's well pretty, be. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 It definitely has a like what if Shadow of the Colossus was a little less dramatic and just more radical. Like, <laughs> like okay. you know, Shadow of the Colossus is like, uh, truly yes. am I the monster or are they the monster? But in Monster Hunter, it's like I have a chain gun. Um <laughs> Yeah. It's a slightly yep. different energy, even though you are ostensibly doing the same thing, right? Like yeah, solving sure. the puzzle of the monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now the puzzle for me is simple. I, uh, you've experienced this. I prefer the hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what I do. I swing 
Unga uh, <laughs> Bunga Ice Wave Club at Monster Head <laughs> until it stops moving. And then we move on to the next one. Yeah. Again and again and again. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, That's... I mean, you'll see it. You'll see it when we do it. It's so good. And what especially they? for me, I just the mobility options. Like, they were pretty cool in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I got, I had some different options there, especially after Iceborne. It's wild for this one, man. Like, mm. yeah. Just just way more options. That there are, oh, are there oh my goodness. Spider-Man pants yes. like in Attack on Titan? Have I seen that? She, yes. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I did good. Yeah, I guess that is an analogy to make, huh? I wasn't thinking about it that way, but yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what I call them. It's not a technical term, mind you. It's just the no, term no, I no. use. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man pants, good. Cool. You've been watching anything Toku-related or anything on that? Uh, front, or... A little bit of Zenkaidra. I'm a couple episodes behind, but we saw the first three. Okay, cool. Uh, I've only seen really... the first one. Oh, but... yeah? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. What's so your take only... on Oh, man, I love it. I love that the team is at least at this stage i don't know if that will change you know one dude and four robots that's really mm-hmm. cool well not robots mm-hmm. they're kind of cyborgs right like there's something else going on there uh, yeah yeah but not necessarily full human like they're part right. kind of machine yes um yep. f- super enjoying that i like the cast so far um the i'm gonna forget his name juon juon is that right Zoo. Cool. Yeah, the red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He feels like Momotaros without being Momotaros, like without straight up mm. ripping off. And I enjoy sure. that strongly. Like, like you did the old guy thing without being exactly that guy. Sure. Yeah. He and he. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't flex in the same way either. But it's just, it's a treat. It's a treat. Um, I want the main character to succeed. I want him to be happy. <laughs> In the beginning, I was like, ugh, like a YouTuber kind of guy. But no. Ew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's up with this guy? Uh, no, no, no. No, he just wants to He just wants to do something cool. And I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. And for yeah. those those playing the home game who don't know who Mumotaros is, that would be oh, yes. the uh, iconic red sort of ghosty... Uh, spirit buddy uh, in Kamen Rider Denno. Yes. Uh, who you will know from the gifts as being that weird red horned guy on the train or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's definitely what he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I really dig the vibe. I agree with you that the four, it, it's so silly. It sounds so ridiculous to say that it makes a huge difference, but it really does being hmm. like, okay, instead of five quote unquote normal people, we just have one normal dude and four like robot cyborg machine people who yeah you know it, it's a it's such a minor difference it's still a five-person team at the end yeah. of the day but it really right. does change like these little changes to the formula always add something interesting to the dynamic i think that's part of what makes sentai so and toku in general but you know with, with what toei does right we just got to do the same thing year mm-hmm. after year after year how do we play with the formula in really small ways but create different outcomes and it's like what a cool idea make four of the team members kind of robotic where normally it would either just be the machines or just be like a you might have one character who is like a machine person or like a like a a buddy like the little owl in time ranger yeah that kind of stuff like like what if all four of them are machines and they look like you know 
old uh, Sentai giant robots. Like, oh, yes, really cool. of course. Like, yeah, to, for them to like, it's an anniversary series without like not to dunk on uh, previous ones that used the pre- uh, older costumes. It's a Sentai. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is an anniversary series that uh, draws inspiration so far, at least draws inspiration from. Uh, previous seasons without just straight up slapping the same costume mm. on which uh, once again that's still really cool i like the fact that it's like they look like the megazords you know for sure is I mean, there actually those... I, I, I keep forgetting this is megazord is the like the power rangers that's term the power for... rangers term yeah is I, I there don't think... well i mean i'm trying to think of like isn't like the I'm not fluent in Japanese in any way, shape, or form, but I believe <laughs> it's like usually it's like hmm. what, like gene as like a suffix? Is that, oh, is that like right? usually like or or kaiger or some or or kaiser or something? Like there's usually some kind of like what, what were the ones in you know because you have like of course now that we're trying to think of it, it's not there. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't think of literally any of their names now. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. No, this is really <laughs> terrific. <laughs> Super. Because this, hold on. What was the Zoo Ranger Zord? Zoo dot dies. You oh shoot. Wasn't Zoo Kaiser? No, I can't. You know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know anything yeah, yeah. about these shows. But it was uh, well to 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 draw from a recent example. I was like, are we gonna get to? Uh, it was like Lupin Kaiser and Zen, and and Pat Pat huh? Pat Ren? Yeah, Pat Kaiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat Kaiser. Kaiser yeah. yeah. Pato. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. To add that sort of like king or caesar or whatever equivalent at the end of it i think mm-hmm. is the it seems like the common thing but i don't think they're called that so that's that's no. interesting yeah. right yeah i'm not really sure i mean other than just like giant robot i don't really know if they have a distinct i mean i yeah. guess if you can say one thing yeah for power rangers as an adaptation or whatever the zord suffix has certainly perhaps you know more than just you know like power rangers as a as a property like yes. uh, zord is certainly a good uh suffix to add to something that is a big robot combiner thing like that's a pretty good term that i i think originates with power rangers so right gotta give them that at least even though the adaptation leaves something to be desired uh quite often <laughs> but the zord <laughs> thing is good i will yeah we, we can give yeah, them that's like there uh definitely a hit and even you know even now we can say megazord and we know what we're talking about to, yeah, to people, anybody people get what you almost mean. anybody yeah yeah i think i think this it has about as much coin as calling it voltron right to a certain demographic sure. but is i think a little more generally applicable than just saying oh it's like voltron yeah no that's good yeah i've been i enjoyed the first episode a lot i'm really excited to see what happens and i agree with you it's the being i i love i mean look like we watched go kiger in the in the group discord it was, mm-hmm. it was so much fun watching anniversary seasons that bring back all the old suits and especially because you know toei loves to bring back the old actors and stuff too and the different suit actors and so it's just really wonderful and it's always a treat yes but i do appreciate a modern remix that is very clearly showing its roots i mean to transition to what we're about to talk about ultraman right like yes. some of the most recent i think one of my favorite recent trends in the past few seasons like your ultraman orb and jeed and so forth um, is the kind of combiner gimmick where yes. the, our ultra hero is combining two or even three prior ultra forms and you know they call it out like oh this is ultraman jack and ultraman ace or something like that yeah but ultraman and so you get to, 
Yeah, like, and you get to see and appreciate, like, okay, this was, these were feeding into the design aesthetic, and we get to kind of call back to those old suits, but then the suit that results from it is its own unique thing and has its own kind of vibe and visual style that is pulling from, but not identical to, it's not just pulling the old suits out of storage, right? Like, they are doing something different with it, and that is really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a really fun way to maintain that continuity, but not necessarily just like oof this is definitely that suit has been seen some hot days in the tin shed out back <laughs> yeah you know it'd be great if we'd stored this a little better or oof these suits are starting to show their age that kind of thing like it's it is kind of nice to just like see something new with yes. something old in kind of a remix way i like yeah, that definitely so moving on then to the task at hand ultraman mabius we're back to the reviews for mabius it has been a minute, but we, we will finish this series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe in us. Sure will. Uh-huh. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about uh, episodes 19, 20, and 21, and then we're going to watch uh, 22 together live. Yes. Okay, so Pat, you want to jump in? We'll just do some quick, some brief overviews for yes. 19, Very 20, brief. and 21, yeah. and then uh, get into 22. So yeah. let's talk about episode 19, shall we? Sure. We'll probably just do... A summary of each one and then we can discuss the finer points of it after mm-hmm. uh but yeah the 19 they introduced like a new gun a new gun that they the george really wanted to try out mm-hmm. um that no human could possibly use they do some i mean pretty cool stuff with this it's like is it a duplicate monster is it making a shadow clone uh no all three are real and they need to be hit with this super new weapon that we just introduced mm-hmm and it's a it's a good it's a nice teamwork friendship episode with uh, George and Ryu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super fun, really. It's a yeah, a strong. This is your team, George. Episode. <laughs> yes, very <laughs> yeah. much so. Yeah, episode twenty. <laughs> we get to focus on uh, Sakurai Sun. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and yes. th- there's a lot of an emphasis on whether or not he'll finally get to meet the chief inspector whose identity is obscured for I don't know what dramatic some dramatic reason, <laughs> but he he uh, sort of wimps out of going to a lab where they're testing out a new special project like a sound wave that can control monsters, and he ends up not going. He sends Maru in his place, and Maru sort of makes it his his duty to try and locate the chief inspector, and 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 uh, I don't know, just try to get him because the uh, Sakurai's sort of been down and mm-hmm. just bummed about, I guess, his current state and sort of being left without his his his, his expected superior. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do some crazy thing where. The, the new tech wakes something up that's also being controlled because of the new tech. And they do a thing with... Sakumizu knows something else is going on, but they're being they're still being kind of coy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ultimately get past it by destroying the device. And uh, Sakurai is sort of placated by some uh, some words apparently left for him. Yes, <laughs> via Sakumizu, and uh, I can't remember her name right now. I can I know who you're talking about that. Yeah. She's like the other advisor that that Toriyama was like. Yeah, Misaki. Nervous Misaki. about Misaki, Misaki. There you go. Yeah. I was like, it involves um, an M. <laughs> I, wait, it's Toriyama. What was his name? Toriyama. I keep calling him Sakurai. It's Toriyama. 
Well, it's Toriyama. Is well, they call him Toriyama, and then uh, okay, I don't know why. Na- na- Naru is is it Naru? Yeah, yeah, Maru. It's definitely Maru. Maru. Uh, forgive Maru. me for okay. saying. I don't know why I thought it was Sakurai in my head. Uh, it's okay. Toriyama. They only really yeah. they call him Adjutant so much. Yeah, I should have. We don't really that. ever hear his name, but yeah, Adjutant, whatever the guy, the the bureaucrat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the guy who has to approve everything, or at least pretend he's the guy who approves everything. Yeah, but he's like he was like super nervous about her and her being around because she like really intimidated him and all. Yeah, that. Uh, toxic masculinity to be discussed yep. at a later date, for sure. <laughs> yep, he is definitely a comedy character though. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he is he is a silly man. And then episode twenty one, uh, we get an experience where there's straight up a black hole or a portal uh, leading to the ultra zone. The ultra that, zone <laughs> that guys has to explore i think they're specifically i think they're looking they go in looking for something and then have of course the encounter it's like a graveyard for well they're kind of they're kind of poking their noses in when they don't belong right yeah because they they talk a lot about how like oh this would be this would normally be guys spacey yeah but they're like ah let's just go anyway (laughs) yeah and then uh, they have they meet a bunch of mini bogals which is i mean Mm. Even one was a lot, but for many, for many to be appearing, yeah, is a special kind of challenge. And they learn a bit about a captain's son who who was left behind, had to jettison part of a uh, part of a ship, I think, to get out to save the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're sort of left. I mean, they get out of there. They they defeat whatever was blocking their path when they're tr- finally trying to leave and. The, there's a there's an encounter where it seems like they're leaving Mirai behind, but <laughs> it, it, it's strongly implied that that Sakumizu knows that Mirai is Ultraman. Like he knows mm-hmm. something else is up because they leave him behind, and he has to appear really cold. Uh, he has to look like he's like, no, we have to make we you know we have to go. He wouldn't want us to leave, and then Mirai shows up. Uh, but but in this episode, it's strongly implied that. This human form of his is likely that captain's son. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're. I think the next episode we're probably going to be facing that idea. But yeah, uh, fun batch of episodes. Mm-hmm. The triple monster thing was really like, okay, <laughs> I love the little <laughs> you, the thing that's impossible. We know we're going to use by the end of it. But it was right, cool. Yeah. It was really we cool. We designed, we like, it's one of those things, like, we designed a gun that'll shoot three different targets at once. Like, why, why I really hope the monster this week doesn't have four forms, because that would just be, <laughs> would just be, we'd be in trouble. Terrible if that happened. Yeah. yeah. Be, ugh, <laughs> Guys at R&D just don't have the imagination to deal with these ultra beasts. But yeah. no, that, that one, I think, the fun thing about that one, obviously, is the, that's like you said, the kind of like, okay, is it shadow forms or suit? But like, oh no, it's literally just one third each. Yes. And then, the, but just also the fact that those are really cool, like, it clearly kind of inspired by like a, like a beetle or something, but like a rhino beetle maybe, but mm. just a good monster design with the big oh, yes. yeah, claw yeah, arms and the cool glowy horns. Like, yeah, yeah, this is a good monster. I dig this. Yeah. And I think the fun part for me, which actually made me kind of like that episode even more in retrospect, was um, in the, in episode 21... Even though George was like, "Look, I don't do space," he gave um, uh, he gave his gun to the crew to the uh, the motorcyclist 
Oh yeah, uh, to take with her. Like I yeah. thought that was kind of that was kind of cool. I thought like okay, yeah, it was a silly weapon, yeah. but what it really means more than anything is it's you know it's important to George because he mastered it, but also it gives him a way of showing that he does care about the team even if he's not in the episode. So right. like that, I really appreciated. I thought that was a really cool little moment. Yes, definitely. And yeah, the the there was a strong focus on the fact that he feels. He felt like he didn't have a, a team, or he didn't have, like, people didn't support him mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, right, right. Because he wants, maybe the perception is that he wants to be a show-off or something. But obviously right, there's exactly. something more going on there. Um, Correct. And uh, what was something that really stuck out to me? I would say the there's a, <laughs> in, in episode 20... Uh, something I really enjoyed was the there's like um because of this experimental wave thing that they're using to control this monster another another monster is able to control it because it's already under control or something it's it's its own it's it's much more susceptible to being ordered around so they have this like comedic yeah. boss <laughs> you know like this boss subordinate dynamic which mm-hmm. obviously is meant intend I'm sure it's intended to mirror. Um, the adjutant and uh, Maru, you know, it's a little right. bit about like ah, you, like you know, slapstick yeah. <laughs> uh, silliness there. So I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Two, I agree. That two monsters some, doing that. That that the I guess the thing that stuck out to me about that episode, hmm. I was a little worried. I don't want to say worried, but like it clearly opens up as being about the adjutant, really, yes. and you're kind of like. You know, I'm not saying I don't want him developed, yeah. But I'm like, I'm worried that we're gonna try to, you know, so th- there's that, there's that issue. You get this with like villains and stuff sometimes too. It's like, mm. okay, in an attempt to try to give this character a little more than their one dimension, we actually try to like make up for their worst traits or try to like explain them in a way that seems justified. Sure. Whereas really, it seems like it's gonna be about the adjutant, and then it really just ends up being about Maru more than anything. Like Maru yeah. really gets the spotlight. Yeah. And um, gets that really great little speech while he and um, Misaki. Misaki are in that bunker. Yes. Like he gets that moment. I thought that was kind of smart actually to, yes. you know, Toriyama can, you know, the adjutant can still be just the bumbling bureaucrat who's not good at his job and golfs all day. Yeah. That's fine. We don't need to try to explain him or justify that, but we can sort of shift the spotlight to Maru. Yeah. And then the guy who's uh, actually the, doing all the work, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The guy yeah. who's like really, and for some reason, like really believes in. The adjutant, we, we, you know, we don't know why, but he yeah. truly does believe the best about him. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really smart, like in terms of writing. Yes. And then we also get that fun, not smarmy, but like Sakumizu just, he's he's up to something. It's not bad, mm. but you're just like, why are you being coy about this? Like, uh, yeah. just <laughs> tell him you're his boss. Because that's, that's the feeling I Correct. get at this point. <laughs> like, you're not... I mean, I guess you were kind of managing him, but also like, just can we, you know, was the, was the reality show undercover boss based on Ultraman Mabius? Is that what we're going to find out? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it sort of felt like that, right? Um, But yeah, uh, overall still, I mean, I still really enjoyed it. I liked Mar, I like hanging out with Maro. He seems like a cool dude. Mm -hmm. Oh, another one that comes to mind for me is the, the, that we, 
I mean, obviously the Ultra series has great model work always. Yes. But episode 20 has that really great little bunker complex. What a fun little unique model that was. I mean, obviously, you know, you were going to get cityscapes and your apartment buildings and shopping centers and stuff. And I love seeing those get blown up as much as anything else. But this was very (laughs) clearly like a pseudo military bunker thing that was clearly designed just for this episode. And that kind of gave it its own special flair, even though... You know, we're, we kind of have to buy that on this this little toy model. Maru mm-hmm. and Misaki are, are inside yes. and they're in trouble. Yeah. You know, we get but we get that great moment with him like picking up the giant oh, like, yeah. beam uh-huh. <laughs> when it falls. Just real, real fun little, really fun, unique location that I, we wouldn't often get in a kaiju fight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We, we kind of get some lab. There's some kind of labs like that in. Or internals like that in uh, what I had seen of Ultraman Z, uh, but for this, it's not a lot of indoors, right? Not, That's not true. To this, That's true. Not to this degree so far, um, right? But episode twenty-one, uh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. I was like, okay, cool, they're going to a black hole. This is gonna get kind of crazy. Uh, but then for them to specifically show, because you know, it's a question I sort of had, but I. I hadn't thought about where does this human form come from? Typically that is from a pilot who crashes into an ultra or something or right, something, right? Right. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I guess he's just, he's a little odd. Cause I mean, the first time you see him, he's just kind of smiling and handing a balloon to a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which sort of when I had first seen it, I was like, ah, I don't know about this. <laughs> the show, uh, not, not when we were recording, but when I had first seen it, like, nine years ago eight years ago at this point um right. that oddness of it and him not quite being i guess like i accepted that he wasn't human he's and he right. maybe that that's definitely that definitely feels like it's on purpose especially now and so mm-hmm. to see to know that and then also like the way they the way they film it or the way they present it as because they obscure his face you can hear it's it's his voice but like you know you kind of see the outline of his reflection in a shot and i was like they're hiding his face on purpose what's going on and then you know you Mm. sort it sort of dawns on you that that's what how he got to this place how he got that form right yeah yeah that was that was really interesting i mean i I agree with you like it's almost gotten to the point where i had kind of yeah like mariah we haven't you know, we usually get it kind of earlier, at least in the Ultra seasons I've seen. Yes. We usually find out pretty early, you know, the plane crash or pilot crash or whatever. We still hadn't really gotten that yet in Mabius. And so I I wasn't necessarily expecting that reveal. I wasn't sure when they were going to do it. Yeah. Although I kind of had, I just sort of knew going into this one, I was like, okay, it's going to be a bad time because the Ultra Zone definitely kind of uh, has a similar vibe to like the, um, what the monster graveyard in the 66 Ultraman oh, okay like mm-hmm. really it's it's one of those like um the original Ultraman is a lot of fun it's pretty serious most of the time in kind of a Twilight zone way Ooh. it has some funny episodes here and there but it's mostly pretty serious yeah but I wouldn't call it heavy that much it's it's serious in tone but it is a, you know it's genre television from the 60s yeah but like there's all of a sudden especially towards the latter half they start to take a lot more risks it feels like or at least they're, they're either either they're growing more comfortable with the form they're taking more risks i mean you know this a lot of this stuff is 
genre television itself is quite young. They're they're figuring out what they can and can't do, yes. or should or shouldn't do for a children's program designed to sell model kits, right? Yeah. But like, there's this <laughs> right. episode on in the back half where they go to like they find out about this like monster graveyard, and it is like one of the. It's not only shot like brilliantly, like in terms of cinematography, but like it is heavy, man. Like, yeah. it, it's it sticks with me probably more than any other episode in that entire season. I feel really. like we should we should watch someone together, like. Not yeah, necessarily we should. Applied, but just to just to see it. It sounds that sounds great. Yeah, I should <laughs> I should show you that one and show you. I think it's episode eleven. It's this really funny one where this guy has like a little ball that can control a kaiju, and it's really goofy. <laughs> I should show you like the absolute most hilarious one <laughs> and, and the, the one that just back. <laughs> tear you down emotionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So them flying through all the like the monster graveyard stuff yes. in the Ultrazone, I was like this is going to be a heavy one. Like I could just, I just knew it in my bones because I had been, I had been programmed to expect that. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting the Mariah reveal, but right. I was definitely like, Oh man, we're getting something this episode. It's going to be bad. Yeah. But I think overall, I, I one thing I, I will say, you know, sort of leaving this trio as we head into, into the next set here and we go into 22, mm-hmm. I really feel like Ryu is our stealth lead character. Hmm. I, I, I grow more and more convinced of of him being the sort of true core of the show every episode because I'm always like, well, anytime a scene is happening or someone's talking or something's going on, I'm like, how's Ryu going to react to this? Because that's yeah. really going to set the tone. How's Ryu going to overreact to this? <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate. Like, how is Ryu going to overreact to this? Yeah. Like a hot-blooded shonen main character, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to Mirai, who's going to just want the best for everybody and be like, hey, guys, don't fight and all yeah. that. Like, Ryu is going to really set the emotional tone for the episode. Yeah, he's, he's going to call somebody a, the worst in the world that he'll never <laughs> trust again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then by the end of the episode, he'll be fine. Like, yeah. well, it's a little toxic, bro. It's a little bit, <laughs> you're gaslighting people a little bit <laughs> <laughs> like I say that kind of jokingly, but also like I'm like, oh, here we go. Like I want to see what he's doing, but also like if I had to deal with this, if I, <laughs> if I had to deal with this dynamic on the daily, I'd be so anxious all the time. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, he's definitely a character I love as a fictional character to yes. watch. Uh-huh. Uh, I I would not want to be in a work environment with him. No, not <laughs> not a coworker, not a team. I mean, he's got your yeah. back, but also like ugh, just sometimes, man. Like I don't know. Yeah, you. <laughs> You never know when he's going to flip that switch. Yeah, yeah I can't. I, I don't, nobody should have to put up with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we want to head into episode uh, 22 then, my friend? Let's do it. All right. All right. This program is fun to make and we're back uh so that was uh ultraman mevious episode 22 22 yep so hard confirmation mevious is assuming the form of hiroto ban he we assumed he got to him but it seems like he only saw him and is assuming the form of him. So uh, we have this moment where, I guess to quickly summarize it, uh, we go and meet with the origin- the captain of the Spatium, who survived this encounter with the, what's it called, the Ultra Portal? 
Ultra, Ultra Zone. Zone yes. Yeah, the portal of the Ultra right. Zone. Yes. yes. They have this encounter, and I don't want to talk about how I feel about it. I'm just going to say what it is first, just because I thought that was that's how it is. Yeah. So, Mevius is bringing uh, Bond's watch that he found on the ship to Captain Bond. And that transitions to a flashback where after Mevius meets Bond or, or tries to save Bond and misses, it, he, or Hiroto Bond, the son, mm-hmm. he assumes his form, comes to Earth, and then he's sort of rejected or or kind of thrown out by the, the captain. Uh, because the captain, the captain, yeah, this is, it's very strange to see your son, an alien, assume your son's form. And then he, who, mm-hmm. who then calls Sakomizu to say, hey, take care of this. I need you to deal with this because I can't do this right now. Uh, and we sort of have him there to reflect and talk to him. And then uh, lesser Bogal starts showing up. So we actually get some ground fights, ground ultra combat that then transitions mm-hmm. to one of the lesser ones eating one of the ones that were injured to become a large one. So we get the kaiju fight uh, that guys has to go and then take care of. And by the end of it, Ultraman, of course, shows up to support Captain Sakumizu, um, has them combine for what is it? It's, is it the Gatling? Yeah, the, it's like the, the Gatling. Um, it's not Gatling gun. Yeah. Yeah, it's Gatling. They call it Gatling. All three of the ships come together. Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. think of it, but I mean Phoenix Gatling. Well, yeah. Um, so they combine to take it out, and then uh, by the end of it, uh, one maybe it's talks to Bond about like letting the form go or living on for Hiroto. Um, but there is a moment of the captain accepting that. Uh, Hiroto's past and that he should live and tells him he should live for himself and then uh, the the rest of guys shows up to tell him hey man you didn't show up for combat so now you gotta <laughs> you gotta repaint the ship yourself and then uh, we get a nice moment where you know all along of course we, we assumed this from the previous discussion uh, that uh, Sakomizu knew what was up and he's just like I can't I can't help you buddy like you're yeah. just on your own you gotta paint that <laughs> ship <laughs> and oh, a, a key point is one of the last things that they talked about before Hiroto got left behind <clears throat> not left behind but so much as chose to sacrifice himself to save the ship was he was hoping to make friends on Earth because he was actually we learned that he was actually born on Mars and he'd never even seen Earth Correct. now the captain gets to see Mevius making friends on Earth uh, the friends that Hiroto might have had or might have made Yep, I think does that must say it. I think yeah, that pretty that pretty much covers okay. it. It was definitely a heavy one this yes. week, a heavy one. Yeah, because yeah, that that but good. I felt it was really good, but but heavy. Yeah, definitely. And part of I think their mission, a thing that they were intending to do when they got to Earth, I think, was to bury because they they were bringing, um, Hiroto's mom's ashes. I, I think it's I think they were going to bring it to Earth because I, I assume that she was from she's from there because. Yeah, that seemed to be the implication yeah. that she was taking the journey with them to be to be brought back to yeah, Earth. Yeah, to be laid to rest. And so that mm-hmm. was, I guess, facing death in that way was part of it. Mm-hmm. Because, and I mean, I personally think Hiroto kind of jumped the gun. I get that wanting to be a hero is a, fact, fa- a factor here, but it was like, you didn't even give your dad a chance like to do anything here. 
Yeah, so let's talk about that. Okay. So, like, the, the ship itself, yeah. it's like a shuttle on top of a kind of, Cargo? like, girder oh, yes. or, like, like metal tower kind of structure, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then, and so the, the whole thing is that they, they can't escape the pull of the, the sort of wormhole, if you yes. will, uh, without detaching the lower section. And so Hiroto goes down there and checks it out. Yeah. And says, no, I'll be the one to do it. And, like, does the sort of self-sacrificial thing right. to detach it. Yes. Right? So that's kind of your... your, your the, 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 he goes down there, finds this is what needs to happen, and is the one that pulls the lever and sacrifices himself to the portal. So that's... Right. That's kind of your issue here, right? Well, I mean, a little so bit. Let's, let's get into yeah, it. A little bit of it. I okay. mean, like, I, I, I guess... Uh, I think at that point, what I recognize that at that point, it was pretty much too late for any other decision to be made so i i guess plot wise i accept that that's why he got ended up getting left behind uh but i was just like i i don't know maybe because he's and that's that's a part of that's a part of an sudden and unexpected loss i guess right you that now that the dad has to live with this decision that he didn't really get to make and then his son also sends him forward, saying that as the, as the captain, it's your responsibility to make sure everybody gets back alive. But at least, you know, from my perspective, it should be the other way around. Like they're gonna make it back; they're pretty close. You know, <laughs> he could have he could have sent it, but it's not it's not. This isn't like a huge plot thing. It doesn't really matter. I was just like, no, don't do this. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm right, over... right. I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell how to read that scene either. Okay. I mean, I, I guess the I, I guess the sort of face value read is like, well, it's a time sensitive situation, yes. you know, and even if theoretically you'd prefer the old guy to be the one, like even if, even if say he wanted to say, yeah, sure, yeah. dad, you are the captain, you should take this, the sort of playing musical chairs, getting back up to the shuttle and then the dad getting back down there, yeah. I guess theoretically they wouldn't have had enough time for right. it. I mean, also, I guess just in the practical writing terms, we need a way for him like the writer just needs him to die, so Hiroto's going <laughs> right. to die. Yeah, and or there could be. I mean, I guess, and I don't know if I'm reading too. I mean, I think that's probably the explanation. It was a time sensitive yes. issue. I guess you could also read. I don't want to read too much. it. maybe there's an element of kind of like caring for family above the self or filial piety or something like that. Right. In there, you know, I don't know if that's reading too much into that scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know because he's he's talking so much about his mother and his father there, right. and. You know, carrying, of course, the Ultraman Mabius and the Mobius strip imagery and the Infinity. You know, he's talking about how you know you're going to carry Mom and you're also going to carry me. You're not really losing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're not really losing me. You know, it's really not that big a deal as long as we kind of carry each other in our hearts. Oh. And so, I mean, there's a couple different ways you could read that scene. I yeah. mean, yeah, I think we'd all prefer. There's always that kind of that hope that, I mean, certainly the the, the parent would rather be the one to lose for the child than the other way around, right? right? But it doesn't really seem to be a question of practicality for Hiroto. He just, he wants to do that for his yes. dad and for his mother, you know, to take care of them in that way. And so that's, you know, I, I think the interesting twist to me, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure this is not a surprise really, because it's a big twist for as far as his Ultraman things yes. go. You know, there's always, even as far back as, uh, with even with, if I'm not mistaken, with Shin uh, Hayata in the in Ultraman 66, mm-hmm. he dies in the collision. Yes. And the original yeah. Ultra feels bad about it and just sort of like takes on his form to sort of carry it forward. Yeah. But even in that, there's definitely a sense of like he 
I don't know, you know, has a part of his body or some semblance of him with him at all times, yes. even though he's clearly not Shin. Mm-hmm. But here, I mean, you know, Hiroto gets like he's gone. Yeah. He doesn't even maybe he, Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing well, there's nothing left of him. Correct. Yeah, I, I guess it's just the, the the idea that Mabius just decided to sort of take on the image of Hiroto without really any physical or spiritual or he's literally just I am going to take this form yes. to sort of honor this tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's just different enough to be interesting. I thought that was an interesting twist on what is often at least a semi tragic kind of opener. Yes. Right. Like, I mean, that, that's it's certainly happened before, but there's not even like a, well, I'll possess his body and kind of keep going. Like, he just took on that shape to kind of like honor the tragedy lost and the sort of that's a really interesting yeah. hook, I think. Yeah, it's not a, an, a, that, it's not a shared space. He's not using the body as right. some kind of basis. It's just this impression that he left on him. Um, and he right, and him desperately right. trying like this is this is his own personal failing uh trying mm. to rescue Hiroto before it's too late and and then of course we get the later on in the episode be, because this is the, the nature of this kind of show there's a moment where the fused bogal is trying to pull Ryu and the gun phoenix into a portal mm-hmm. and it's, he's like not this time like it won't let it happen again uh so for him that's sort of protecting what he is he th- the friendships and the relationships he's made on earth and also not or uh, at least trying to avoid failing in the same way that he did or that he feels that he did mm-hmm. right 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 exactly and that's I, I, that's it i also i guess in a similar thing there there's we get it almost kind of rapid fire this episode, but there's so much back and forth with like, okay, it's the dad. And then you feel really bad because then when you, you kind of put two and two together and realize, oh my God, that's, he took on his, like, he doesn't even have a part of his son. He just decided I'm going to look like your son and show up one day. It's like, Uh, wow. You know, like, oof, like you feel one way about that. But then you realize that he met, they met before and he told, like, he told him that like, Hey, this really hurts. I really wish you wouldn't do that. And he's like, okay, I'll never do it again. But then he's like, no, wait, please do keep doing yeah, it I'd... and sort of carry on my son's legacy because he, could, he couldn't make it. So in a way, you get to be. And then, like, the dad seeing him and going, asking, are those his friends? Oh. Like, Ugh. man, that's wow, that was really, Ugh. really good. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. I mean, knife in the heart, but really, really yeah. good. And, like, you, you kind of ping back and forth multiple times like on on either end of the emotional spectrum how you feel about it like oh that's sweet that he's doing yeah. that then like, oh, he should not have seen yeah. his dad and like going back and yeah. forth um but i that was really powerful right. i thought yeah there was a uh definitely a sense of um how do i phrase this unease uh mm. specifically when he when we first see him when, we, when the episode first starts the captain is talking to mebius and we don't know anything here and i think I was I was being a little bit impatient and saying why wouldn't he he knows what his son looks like how come he's not being weird about it like I right, immediately right. if you've never because it seems you know to us for that moment we don't know that they've talked before <laughs> so it just seems like right, a really yeah. like are you bl- are you not paying attention this is your kid yeah right. <laughs> 
I wondered uh, if they were going to do yeah. like a oh the accident or like the the ex- there's some ex- like the explosion yeah. or the detaching or something. Maybe he's got some kind of like and either he got like a head injury or like he's it's like a traumatic event that his mind is blocked out. I was wondering if they were going to go yeah. that angle or something, something right. but no, no, it was it was uh, much much better. We I uh, did not give it enough credit. <laughs> nearly enough credit yeah no for sure yeah, yeah it, it was really really well i mean again the the, the age-old tokusatsu duality yeah. right like tokusatsu is like this is for children yeah. but then also it's like this is for children <laughs> like for a 22 minute show that's trying to sell me you know maybe it's action figures and and toys of the yes. planes it's really just just unrelenting mm-hmm. hitting in that emotional those gut punches again and yeah. again on top of having really great action, just some some really good fights this oh, week. Yeah. I mean, Mabius was oh, yeah. just it's like it was like the like a like a season opener for, you know, for NXT. Like Mabius was coming out swinging. Yeah, baby. he was like, he was uh, <laughs> brutalizing that fused bulgall. Like he was not holding back at all. At all. No. Which that bulgall deserved yes. it. Terrifying uh-huh. monster bulgall. Terrifying. Too many that. mouths. Way too many mouths. <laughs> we got a mouth. we got a big big flat mouth we got a mouth on its back and it and it and it it is the way it is because it ate one of its kind no it's a taboo yeah it's a crime against nature yeah. and the... <laughs> it deserves everything maybe it gives it and more <laughs> uh still not as particularly enjoying... not as bad as bemstar but also no uh, it's pretty it's high it's pretty high up there i would say that uh you know for better or worse getting we're getting more of bogal <laughs> because truly, Boyle's horrifying. It is yeah. horrifying. N- not a sweet monster no. baby is Bogle. There, you know, there's always going to be monsters where somebody is going to go. That's my favorite. He's done nothing wrong. Yeah. But no, not Bogle. Bogle is a villain yeah. through and mm-hmm. through. Uh, but I liked Mabius doing a little bit of the wire, like oh. on top of doing really good physical kind of kinetic action, which you know Ultraman always does yeah. great kind of wrestler style grappling i love it when they mm-hmm. scrap but the some wire action here with like the hovering over the head and like just like <laughs> giving him the dragon ball flurry like yeah <laughs> just and like rotating kicks to the back of the head like lots of fun yeah, stuff definitely yeah. <laughs> definitely uh very much enjoyed that yeah no this was a this was a really good episode and i'm glad um, this is the one we I'm... landed on because this is you know we're just three and yeah. one three and one and for it to be this level and this sort of conclusion to a build-up from the previous one is yeah it's fortunate yeah like we didn't plan this one for to be the one that we're talking about but i'm glad it is yeah same same and just with everything with mirai and like really appreciating his character a lot more now and like and i guess maybe is really mm-hmm. and like what he's trying to do and all that like i i, I really really like mm-hmm. that no yeah I, I was this is this this is a good reveal and a good an interesting way, I guess, to really sell your lead quite a way into the. I mean, because we're we're not quite halfway, yeah. but yeah. we're you know we've really spent a lot of time with everybody, but maybe it's this is true. Yeah, and, he's just uh, sort of been he. We've sort of been along the ride, along for the ride with him, meeting everybody and and, and experiencing everyone. So this time, to know where he's coming from and sort of what his motivation are is 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 really nice. I think it's just about time for it, too, that we would start asking those questions. Right, right. Correct. Correct. Uh, So, yeah, really good stuff. Any other thoughts before we jump into 
Twitter questions. Uh, oh, I uh, didn't want to let the gag where uh, Sakomizu's not around, so Toriyama is about to make the call, <laughs> the Sally Go call. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he gets denied, denied, denied. Like, do not let this man authorize a single thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> and something's got to be said for when the one of the various times Bogal was going to bore the team... Ugh. And the or the adjutant is like sticking his hand in oh. his mouth and like twisting it around, yeah. like oh. yeah. just just bizarro. Yeah, <laughs> they, they must have just been like, "Look, stand here. There's a monster that's eating something on yeah. screen. Just act wild for ten minutes, and we'll do a super yeah. cut throughout the episode of your reactions." Yeah. <laughs> There's some. Oh, oh, and we cannot let this one slide to um, Ryu's really almost like uncharacteristic shrug in the first minute of the episode yeah like they're like what's Mirai up to (laughs) i don't know like he's so he's so dismissive and cartoonish in this mo in this moment yeah i I, I love it i'm here for it and i would like more of it yeah yeah that was that was really (laughs) funny yeah good stuff yeah uh, okay, so for Twitter questions from buddies far and wide, quite a few good ones. Uh, from our buddy Green Tea of Despair, Fennel, uh, she asks, What's your favorite genre of tokusatsu effects? Miniatures, pyrotechnics, camera tricks, editing gimmicks, any of that kind of yeah. stuff. My favorite genre, I have to say this now because I, I was thinking about this as soon as uh, she said it. Uh, it is in the old, in the Showa era where they do some footage and then they reverse the footage. I don't know what genre mm, that is, yeah. but if you know that's special, that's the that's special effects, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had to, we had to. <laughs> it's the magic. They had to blow something up and reverse it. That's <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> we're gonna make we're gonna make a dude yeah. jump out of the water by reversing the footage of him, and they had to they had to coordinate <laughs> it so that you look like you are landing first. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. adore. Yep. I adore yep. that. That is my favorite. I hope that answers the question sufficiently, that is, but that is my passion. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I also love those shots, too. When you can tell, and that's what makes it magical. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I guess to, to, within the, the, I guess the, the, the focus of the question, I think for me it's miniatures. Hmm. As someone who grew up painting miniatures and assembling miniatures, and, you know, I, I, I call, I've, I've referred to it in the past as the sandcastle principle, where, hmm. like, you, the, the joy of, of, like, as a child, you go to the beach you meticulously build a sandcastle, probably with other kids at the beach, and you you do everything you can to make as like grand a structure as possible. Then you also turn around and destroy it by like walking all yeah. over it. There's like something about the like build destroy cycle and being involved in both parts that like like I love the attention to detail, especially for these ultra sets. Like oh look at these gorgeous buildings, look at these wonderful vehicles they've made. Oh my gosh, it really looks like a scale building, and then they just blow it up. And I just there's something cathartic about the appreciation and the attention to detail on both ends of that that I just find really wonderful. <laughs> but I would also say uh, what I would consider personally the general toku effect that I appreciate, and it's getting into what you're saying too with the reverse footage, is commitment. The commitment to go for something, whether you have the materials and the the footage and the budget to do it or not. Tokusatsu will commit to a scene. They're just like, look, we can't have a guy jump like that. Okay, 
well, or like we can't have someone like fly backwards up out of the water. Well, we'll just have someone jump in and play the footage backwards. Like you just commit to the scene and you do it no matter what. And like that, that like the ambition and the commitment is what I appreciate yeah. in everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Like yeah. I've been watching a lot of OG Common Rider. I've been slowly knocking my way through the old. I mean, it's like a hundred episodes. So it's going to take me a while, but like I'm slowly working my way through that in the background. And like, look. It doesn't matter what the script calls for. They're going to attempt it. They're going to try something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and like that commitment, I I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Our good buddy, David Bednar, uh, asked her great questions. uh, Asks, Alien Kelvin was designed by Ichiro Itano, the legendary animator that invented the missile spread, a.k.a. the Itano Circus. What artist would you like to see design an Ultraman monster? Mm, That's a good one. What artist? And we can can get outside the box here because Itano is, of course, known for his anime work. Hmm. Hmm. What artist Gosh, would I like to that's, see? That's really tough. I mean, of course, my heart's going to say somebody like Tetsuo Hara, you know, of Hakuto no Ken okay. fame. My my fear, of course, being that it would just be a big muscle monster, so maybe I wouldn't <laughs> see. But I mean, you know, like that's my first yeah. thought is like, just let Tetsuo Hara do <laughs> it. That could be my own bias. Yeah. Here, Here's one I will put <laughs> out there, not because I necessarily think it would even be good, but I'm just curious what would result. Maybe throw like Todd McFarlane in there huh. and be like, design design a monster because i don't know if it would even well, be good okay so that but... that's interesting you said i found out a bunch of, about this recently or at least it seems like there's some parallels here there's a bunch of shin megami tensei monsters that mm-hmm. i'm forgetting kaneko kaneko is the designer uh was the designer at this time um i believe okay. drew a lot of inspiration from some todd mcfarland designs i'll show it to you later i'm pretty really? sure i still have those handy but it's just, yeah, it was like, uh, can't, which ones they are. Uh, I think one of them might have been Ippon Dat, like their take on the Ippon Datara. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, probably would be, it'd be, it'd be okay. something. Like, it would definitely be something visual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's the thing. I, I don't necessarily always, I, I actually say I probably generally don't vibe that much with McFarlane. Yeah. But when I do like yeah. something of his, I really, really yeah. like it. And it has a kind of dynamism. Sure. And, you know, you know, a guy who's so known for sort of that Iron Age, hmm. gritty image comics look, yeah. right? I, I, it would be interesting to see him design something in this space, yeah. I guess. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I personally don't think of him as a you know giant monster designer. So that'd be sure. interesting. I guess to, just to make a reference to Chainsaw Man, because I have to. <laughs> The I would love to see Fujimoto because we get a lot of sort of monstery designs within Chainsaw Man, and it's still partially human. But at, maybe I'd say towards the end we start to see some more inhuman designs or like beyond human mm-hmm. um, with the with the mm-hmm. more realized devils and and other things going on. And that I think would be really yeah. interesting to see translate to. Uh, and you know, since we're talking about Ultraman here, um, the having to make a physical suit out of it aspect. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the commitment to not just to see, not to put down CG here, obviously, but to the commitment to something that results in like creature work. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I would mm, love to see sure. how that would translate um, from Fujimoto Absolutely. there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, that would be, I, I agree. That would be, mm, mm. Mm, I like that. I, I, I would be curious to see yeah. that too. 
Okay, so uh, Devon asks, Hideaki Anno's Ultraman movie, uh, the Shin Ultraman film, is scheduled for a 2021 release, and it looks interesting. Are you guys excited for it? And the follow-up is, is there another director uh, you would like to see take the Ultraman mythos for a spin? Oh, there's another question about soft drinks. Let's handle these two sure. first. First, are you excited for Shin Ultraman? I haven't seen Shin Godzilla. So... Oh, yeah. really? No, yeah. I know, I know. I oh. intend to. It just hasn't happened yet. I've heard it gets kind of crazy looking. I, I want to see. I do definitely want to see this. Like, I'm I'm interested in seeing how this plays out. It's, I mean, like we, you know, we all know. Quotes we uh, know that Anno <laughs> draws a lot of inspiration for Ultraman and and now Kamen Rider. And so I I want to see him do it. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see what the heck he's got now that he's you know at this. He must be he must be thrilled. I I cannot imagine right. that this man is not thrilled right. about being able to to wrangle with these properties officially, right? Exactly, um, exactly. And then honestly, um, I recently watched the uh, the Mega sixty four uh, Ava in five minutes video. It's that's Tokusatsu easily. It's, absolutely, it is absolutely. It's special. I'm gonna. I watched it too many times. I recommend it to you. I recommend it to everybody who's even a little bit interested. Uh enamored by that and i was saying to a friend that that i was like this is this has to be on the level of ano's fan ultraman film and then when i went to go right exactly i wanted to go look at it because i actually had i've seen like excerpts or like the thing that they did for it for blue blazes and it was like this is 20 minutes (laughs) it's a 20 minute long thing they have like the the clips and the gifts that i've seen are Anno in the Ultraman hoodie doing Ultraman things, right. the gloves, the effects. Uh-huh. He's flying through the air. Th- they still, they have like a set. They have full costumes for the people on the ground. I was yeah. like, this is, this is a full production. <laughs> I was, I, right. I, I right. didn't realize how thorough it was. Like they have some, they have the perspective mm-hmm. shots. They have like, it's, so it must be. I, you know, I can't speak to how, how it will be, but there's no, I have to see it. That's where I'm at. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I, a, a big, big underscore there. Uh, other than to say also that you do need to see Shin Godzilla. It's not my favorite Godzilla yes. thing ever, but it is. It's a must see, must watch. An interesting, it, it is an, yeah, I, th- I feel like you ought yeah. to. Uh, it's a very interesting take on an iconic character by an auteur filmmaker. I'll okay. say that. The so regarding Shin Ultraman, yes, of course, I'm very excited about that. Uh, having just now watched the Mega sixty four thing, there's a lot of really fun, and I guess almost sort of sweet sort of wrapping up of things. It feels like because obviously Evangelion, hmm. I mean, not not to upset all the people that say it call it a Mecha show, but I personally am like it's not a Mecha show; it's an Ultraman thing. Yeah. Like it's very clearly sure. an Ultraman fanfic. Yes. Uh, written by someone who is not having a good time, bro. And, <laughs> yeah. um, Nobody's having a good time. It, and I actually, I, I heard now, of course, we talked about rips, and I don't know if anybody's seen, you know, some people who have seen, I'm not a big Ava person, right. personally. I, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it unravels a little too much for me. I won't, I won't go on and on about it, but I prefer the early mm. stuff of it when it's a little more just Ultraman straight yeah. up. I did like the high concept, the higher and higher concept angels. Like I, I really appreciated that yeah. from the Ultraman perspective. I thought that was like, it's not not just a not monster of the week, but like to, to absolutely evolve absolutely. in how it attacks physically, emotionally, digitally. Like that was exciting. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I agree. That's one of the things that keeps yeah. me going. The angel yeah. designs. You know, even with the rebuild movies, like I actually liked. I think if you took the first two rebuild movies, mm. 
and just kind of kept it at that, I think I'd be pretty I think that would be like to me, maybe that's the peak Ava experience. Mm. Like we have a pretty clear beginning, middle, and end. I don't know if you've seen the build movies, but like there's a pretty there's a pretty conclusive feeling ending to the second film that I feel like emotionally is a really good place to end the story for these Mm -hmm. kids. And maybe I'm in the minority of thinking that. I don't know. But like if it had just been those two films, I think I'm like, you know what? Maybe Ava and I are on good terms. Like we're on speaking terms. That's fine. Um, but like the third movie, man, I don't, I can't tell you what's going on in that film. And I don't, I'm not having a good time. And I'm not, I don't really intend to see the fourth hmm. film. But I've heard some people say, I've heard this remark, and I can't confirm it because I haven't seen the fourth film. But I have heard some people remark, and this may be even be too cruel to say but this is not my i just i have heard this in the ether that anno isn't depressed uh, depressed enough anymore to make good interesting Ava. that's a criticism i've heard of the fourth film huh. and you know i don't i don't even know if that's really a nice thing to say about somebody else really in the on the net but i will say this i am glad yes Anno that he's in a better place that ava is behind yeah. him He's getting to make Godzilla. He's getting to make Ultraman. He's getting to make Common Rider. Like I feel like I'm happy for yes. him. So I'm. I feel I'm excited. Like as just one human being seeing another human being like succeed and like get to achieve those dreams and that like I'm really happy for him. So like I don't even know if I like Shin Ultraman, but like I'm just really happy for Anna. Like I'm like good man. Like I think he's on a good trajectory. Yeah. I mean I assume I will like Shin Ultraman because I like Shin Godzilla and I I, I like what you know. Like Anno, like I, I frequently joked, like Anno, I'm tired of Ava, and I really just want to talk about Tokusatsu all day. <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. No, for I mean him. like there was a certain sort of, I mean, so I'm new to Ava. I only watched it really recently, end of, and then. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, okay. So I, what did you think? I'm curious. I think what we talked about it briefly, but I, I, I had a pretty good time with it. Uh, I, I feel like mm. I'm a grown adult also, so I, it didn't affect me in ways yeah. that I might have had I seen it. As I was yeah. a developing youth, uh, so yeah. uh, that that didn't that maybe a different effect on it. So and then also coming at it from that Ultraman perspective of mm-hmm. uh, the, this is a model city we've put that that we intend that we are prepared to have destroyed over and over again. Um, Correct, and, right? Uh, like I said, the, the way that the the way that they attack psychologically and uh, that it is it is a horror in those regards yeah. is a nightmare and that's really interesting but yeah. also yeah i don't i it's not it doesn't have that it doesn't do psychic damage the way it might had it done before <laughs> so yeah um, let me as someone who started buying them because i heard people tell me as a kid hey this is this hot new mecca show this is the one to yeah. check out buying the white plastic oh, vhs boy. tapes and probably finishing it when i was on dvd like when i was like 14 yeah. or something yeah, it definitely hits way different when you're an adolescent. Sure. Uh, that's I'm for sure. sure. Yeah. But in terms of who else I'd like to see take a spin with the Ultraman mythos, that's an interesting question. Mega 64, um, easy. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, I will say yeah. this, I think there's something poetic about Anno yeah. making a fan, like you are saying, making a fan film yeah. about Ultra, to making Ava, which is basically Ultra fanfic, to now getting to make Ultraman, but then someone else <laughs> and a lot of other people being so affected by what is essentially his fanfic of Ultra that they make a Tokusatsu fan film about <laughs> yeah his Ava. Oh. Like there's some there's some poetry yes, there. Absolutely, poetry that's there. exactly how I was feeling about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. There's there's a poetry yeah. there. In terms of who I'd like to see, I mean, I guess it depends on if we're talking about 
you know, to, you know, Ultraman in its pretty standard form is a, is a yeah, series, yeah. right? Like we're talking, this yeah. is a this is a long form series, and obviously we don't have a children's action adventure, live action, anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, Power Rangers is our kind of closest bet right. here, and it's just not, you know, it is obviously you know mostly cribbed footage, yeah. so it's hard. In in a series format, I guess you'd have to lean into more animation or something. In which case, like the team that did, I don't know, something like say Rise of the Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I really, really that was something I've watched pretty recently with a, a a buddy online, and that really exciting kind of animation style. I'd like to see something like that, maybe. Yeah, okay, that's okay. I've, brain juices are flowing now that you've said open that gate. <laughs> yeah, like imagine like kaiju fights yeah. animated with that in that kind of really bubbly bright saturday morning cartoon vibe but with the energy of your a, a sort of soccer cut energy yeah. if you will to the action adventure i think i think you could really do some fun yeah. stuff there a sort of uh you know modern day what megas xlr or something right. like that um, well, i guess in or modern okay. day swat yeah. cats is there a specific one you would you're just saying a general idea or something <sighs> to represent that video, yeah sure yeah i guess like for a director though that'd be interesting yeah particular director i mean part of me feels like del toro would be a good pick he loves monsters he loves practical effects he's also a huge ultra fan so it would like warm my heart for him to get to do you know an ultraman work officially i think that would be kind of sweet hmm also be good for a big giant monster fight movie and del toro did pacific rim which was you know certainly I mean, I li- I don't mind some of the legendary stuff, but I feel like the first Pacific Rim obviously is a, a stronger contender for being a good giant monster flick that kind of that understands what it's right. doing. Of course, I'm always a sucker for John Woo, so you know a- any excuse to get him behind the camera that'd be hmm. fun. I'd like to see you know Woo loves his uh, Christian imagery and allegory with doves and stuff like that, and and Ultraman pulls on some of that you know being of light and all that. I'm sure he could have some fun hmm. there. Ultraman, you know, bullet time. <laughs> I'd be there for yeah. that. <laughs> right. What about you? Um, I guess since I, I really didn't have an answer for this because I wasn't really sure what I, the, the Del Toro, I think, would be the obvious one now that you've said it. Um, but if we're thinking mm. about animation, that's on the table. I, I'm a big fan of most things that come out of Science Saru. Uh, so Masaki Yuasa. Mm. I don't know. I can't speak to whether or not the the kaiju aspect of it would be something that the the things that he's worked on uh, would would lend to for this. But I would like to see if a Yuasa directed some kind of Ultraman thing. Like I un- yeah. I think I I feel like he would sell the sense of scale and then the weight of either appreciating life or like how nature interact would interact here. I don't know if that makes sense. Like the cosmic. Mm no that makes sense i get what you mean and then yeah what was hold on i'm trying to think of the 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 yuasa film i watched where they're at the end they're running out of the way oh yes Uh, mind game that's one of my absolute favorite movies mind game yeah yeah so like something a scene like that like i could see him doing i see what you're saying like he could do scene that the scale of like and the weirdness of them running out of the whale i'm sure that that he would try to pull in a similar sense of scale and weirdness to what these creatures would really be like in face yeah and then, uh, to to since mind game since mind games come up, I have to say that is still uh, one of my most favorite depictions of the afterlife and a capital G god <laughs> in any mm, film in absolutely. anything I've ever seen. This 
this Absolutely. imperceptible being that is playful and callous and just <laughs> has a date tonight, but <laughs> he's just yeah. a little guy. Hey, hey, it's his birthday. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yep. Our good buddy Doc from the SSA podcast uh, asked, my, he says, uh, my slow descent into Ultra has started recently. Given the way Mill Creek have been releasing sets, uh, if you were to each pick an old gen and a new gen set to give someone new to the franchise, what would it be? I'm the fool who is getting everything, so don't worry oh, about me. Okay. <laughs> uh, new gen. Uh, let me answer this from the gut. I guess old is, go. you got to go with like classic, I think. It's really cool to see how it starts because I've seen a little bit of it, mm-hmm. I, I, not mm-hmm. much in between. And then Z, I I think Z is great, Z is great really for a modern audience. Like you, there's some legacy Absolutely. going on there, but you and you can kind of appreciate it. But also, like it's just what I had seen of it, also just fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean that is that's not my picks, but those are both excellent. Like you cannot go wrong with yeah. either of those. Those are right. terrific. So, I guess for my picks, I think I would probably go with, in terms of old gen, I would probably go with Ultra 7. Oh, yes. Um, okay. Our, our immediate follow-up to the original. I feel like I watched both of them really close mm-hmm. together. And in my opinion, this is my personal opinion, but in my opinion, 7 basically does everything the original sets out to do better. With the one, the with the one caveat that I think Seven's design is kind of funky. I prefer original Ultraman's much sleeker mm. look. But if you sort of get rid of the like metal armor weirdness that's kind of funny on oh, Seven, I, I feel like pretty much everything else about Seven is better. Mm. And I think it's easier. I think also because when you're going back to an older show right you're doing it at least in part out of kind of a historical imperative right like you're doing Mm. it because you want to know the history of something like you're not trying to be hip and keep you know i mean that that, that's part of the intent i feel like i feel like a lot of people again you know we're not just talking ava fans but broadly people just generally don't appreciate the influence that these tokusatsu shows have on many of their favorite creators Mm. And I think if you watch something like Ultra 7, you will more readily identify, but also appreciate how these series have impacted a lot of your favorite creators. Because 7 is really, really good at what it's doing in a more consistent way, in my opinion, in a more consistent way than 66 was. And you're going to see the... Like, you can't watch Ultra 7 and then turn around and not see, like, the the roots of something like Nerve. You know what I mean? Like, they're... You're, you're going to see all those elements there. And Seven's really, really good and has a lot of series concepts that will show up again and again mm-hmm. and again down the road. Not least of which because Zero is such, yeah. a, <laughs> such a constant right. force in the modern yeah. era. You know, uh, in terms of what I would hand to somebody else that's on the modern end of the spectrum, I'd probably give them Jeed. Oh, yeah. I really, really mm-hmm. like Jeed. And once again, you know, I, I'm always... Th- my, my gut is always not necessarily even what my favorite is but how do i get somebody into tokusatsu and yeah. keep them here i want lifers i'm trying to create i'm trying to make converts i'm trying to make <laughs> <laughs> people who want to watch yeah. more toku and so of course my first in with the ultra series is almost always i'm assuming this person is at least aware yeah. of ava and i'm almost i'm always assuming that people are at least like some semi-reverent of ava because that most people i think either really like ava or they know it's a thing they're supposed right. to like right there, so it, um and seeing Jean, it that first time i i recognized it as a cultural touchstone 
it made a lot of sense right. why so many people were affected by it and why it's talked about. Whether, however you feel Correct. about it, there's a reason it is, it has the, the, it made shockwaves like it did. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is indisputable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indisputable. So I think Jeed is similar to Seven. Jeed, you can see more clearly some of the crossover there and some of the cross pollination. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeed is also, also shows as I think that one of the brilliances of the, of the modern ultra series is being shorter. Oh, yes, that's right. It's, you know, they're only about really? 23 to 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to get somebody in on what would basically be two seasons of anime as opposed to the, you know, the 50 episode stuff. Yeah. You know, people are trying to clear their backlog. It's easier to check that box if it's half the right. length. Right. Is that the start? Um, Was G that when has... it started being about 26? Cause it felt like up until that point, I had thought of them as a full um, year long thing no is ultra is x the first short season i'd have hmm. to look it's not it, i know it that's isn't, fine i mean um, if it is or it's not because i know at least at least orb is before right. that and i think x is okay. too i think those are also both mm-hmm. shorter but x is the most re- of the like that's as far back as i go in the modern era is x and i think it's also one of the shorter ones but uh, we digress. Yeah. Um, but I think with with Jeed too, you get what is an important aspect of Tokusatsu, and that's being a fanboy of yes. Tokusatsu. And our that's lead, right. our lead in Jeed, is a, just the best boy who loves Tokusatsu yeah. heroes, and then gets to. Be oh my god! I, did, I, I just as soon as you said that, I flash back to him like sobbing at the end of filming. That right. it's a beautiful, yeah. oh, it's a beautiful like, behind the scenes moment. Like as soon as they're done filming, yeah. the boy is just. He's a mess to the point, and yeah, and uh, like, the suit actor, um, forgive me, I can't remember his name. The suit actor runs out and comforts him immediately. Like it's so, yeah, it it's high impact, high impact stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the power of Ultra, yeah. right? The actor feels it. His character is a fanboy. Like I don't know, all that stuff is really, really sweet and powerful. Yes. I think. And uh, uh, Riku is yes. his name. Riku, uh, the the character. I couldn't think mm. of it for a second. But so I think that's all really good, and Jeet has continues the like like we had discussed uh, with the suit com- combination mm-hmm. stuff, you know the modern ultra thing where they're combining a couple of different ultras together, so you get to see some of the classics, yes. and of course you get a, a very present Ultraman Zero, and that's something you just kind of have to get used <laughs> to because Ultraman Zero, Ultraman doesn't have continuity, no. I don't think per se. Like Ultraman has like two levels yeah. of continuity, which is at the bottom level it has none, and at the high level it's all Gigabrain connected. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of mid-range no. continuity, but there is all Gigabrain. But there is one constant across all of it, and that is Ultraman yeah. Zero. Ultraman Zero's <laughs> here. Just... He's he's poochy, right? If if, if Ultraman Zero is not on the screen, everyone should be asking, "Where is Ultraman in, Zero?" In only the most positive way you could possibly refer to poochy, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, po- he's yeah. a positive poochy, yeah. a good poochy, good boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, our good friend Hinkaru asks, uh, "I don't know if anyone has asked this before, uh, but who is each of your favorite Ultraman based solely on looks? Alone? <sighs> looks that is alone. Uh, I'm gonna go with like." The first thing that comes, just because otherwise we're going to be here all day. Nexus was the one that was out when I was starting to look into, like, being able to watch Tokusatsu stuff. Still haven't finished it. I mm-hmm. keep mentioning it. Uh, but there's just something really slick about Nexus to me that I really like. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, just looks alone. Uh, that, that I think that's my answer. Ultraman Nexus. That's a good mm-hmm. one. That's a good one. 
I hate to just, I don't. So like my heart, like the first thing that comes to mind is Ultraman Zero Beyond mm. from Jeed. Because he's got this like, he's very clearly still Zero, but he's got this like cool silver and purple. And he's got all these like super over the top like attacks and stuff. I just love his look. Oh, he's yes. like, Absolutely. he's still, he's he's definitely a, a more complicated version of existing Tokusatsu yeah. hero. But he's still got a really clean design, mm-hmm. and like it's really sleek. But it's, it's like just just a touch yeah. busier, like just oh. a touch. And I really, really I just thought like of another that. answer. But I <laughs> go ahead, uh, go the, ahead. The blue. Oh no, it's been a minute since we haven't since we've seen him. But the blue ultra from from Mevius, like before he's freed from his his revenge prison, like he looks really yeah. cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so cool. Like it's a different. It's a very different tone. It's a zero kind of a tone, right? Like it's right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. it's a good look. What's his name? Ultra. Ultra um, he, he, isn't he? Later. It's later. It's Hikari, but before it's re- released, before he's freed, Tsurugi. Yeah, Tsurugi, Tsurugi yes. is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really great. If I'm if I'm gonna get to throw in a second one here, I'm gonna go with the opposite design hmm. direction. In the most over-the-top comic booky way, like clearly a toy in Ultraman X, the one of the themes is that some of his power-ups are based on friendly okay. monsters, and so there's of course there's Gamora, long long-running enemy uh, of mm-hmm. Ultraman, and he Ultraman X gets this form where he gets uh, Gamora's arm. It's like this like he gets these like armored shoulder pads and these giant like laser claws. Because it's like there's a it's a cyber Gamora that he like it like breaks apart and becomes his armor and claws. I'm gonna put it in the chat for you here, sir. Uh, so this Ultraman X, well, shoot, let me try to copy it. Is it this? It one? is a it is a ridiculous. Just yes, yeah. I searched figure. Ultraman X and it was like one of the first things I saw in there. Like this is this yeah, has to be the one. Super. This is this is very wow. much like. I think of it in the same kind of like a goofy over the top as like the 2099 comics mm, they did mm-hmm. in Marvel, yeah. right? Like just absurd yeah. over design in the most ridiculous yeah. way. And I just really love it. I really love that look. It's so, especially because Gamora is one of my favorite ultra kaiju. So like also he turns into, he turns into like up armored cyber Wolverine. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is dumb. <laughs> <sighs> okay yeah no i get what you're saying yeah yeah it's, it's ridiculous so the the both both of those on pure look alone but also i just mm. love them dearly our good buddy uh, sunglass pre asks uh what's one piece of hypothetical ultraman related merchandise you would sell a kidney for i don't mm. know i i don't know if this this exists for me in general if it's merchandise i i i'm not like I mean, there's things that I get, but I don't know if there's anything I would break the bank for in general. So I don't know. Fake collector, mm. fake fan. <laughs> what a yeah. fake fan. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like a statue would be cool, like, but I don't know if I would sell a kidney mm. for it, you know? I want that, com- like, if, oh, if there's I anything, I want that Kamen Rider statue that survived a, a, a tsunami. <laughs> oh, that You know the one? You know what power- I'm talking about? Powerful. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. That, that, okay, yes. I don't, just also an Basically, Ultraman version yeah. of that. Just, just, just build one and have it survive uh-huh. a storm or something, and then that's yeah. the one you'll want. Uh, so, I guess for myself, 
So there are uh, one of my other great loves is pen and paper oh. role playing games. I, I deeply love mm-hmm. role playing games. There are a few role playing games out there that attempt to do the giant monster kaiju thing. I have purchased and read a number of them, and none of them are really to my liking. Wow. And I don't even necessarily know. I don't even necessarily know what it would look like, but I would like. I would like. To have a like good pen and paper role playing game that sort of encapsulates the Kyoto Hero experience and like kaiju and mecha and all that kind of stuff and like does so in a way that that is good to me. Like what's what is currently out there, I don't think is up to hmm. snuff or is so you know it's really generic stuff that is really really broad. The, the, there's there, there's a cer- there's a certain balance between having just enough crunch. That it feels like there's meaningful decisions and growth for players and like cool ways to interact with the game, but just loose enough that it's not super bogged down in the rules and the details all hmm. the time. And I've yet to find a game that does that for this sort of space. And so I would probably sell a kidney for that. <laughs> that you've gone very uh, abstract with that, and I appreciate that kind that line of yeah. thinking. A game I would like. That's what I would sell a kidney <laughs> for. <laughs> <laughs> it's an, it's it's the ultra game. It could be anything. Yeah, whatever you dream it is. And if it's good enough, I'll give you a kidney. But you'll have to show me yeah. first. No, you have to you have to go for that. Kid. You have to agree and hope that your kidney investment's worth it. <laughs> okay, if you can beat me in a fiddle contest, I'll give you a golden kidney. But if I win, <laughs> I get an Ultraman game. <laughs> <laughs> one of us is making out uh, oh. like a bandit here <laughs> <laughs> i think we know who it is <laughs> all right buddy well that was all for our twitter questions for tonight thanks again it was good being back hopefully we can meet again soon and we won't take so long between hopefully real life will stay out of the way and we'll get back to talking about monsters again but it yes, was good being absolutely. back absolutely it, it was a, this is a great night in general i think <laughs> yeah big time Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super Super Senpai Senpai Podcast. Podcast!